listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about this program or other programs, please log on to KUCI.org. My name is Ann. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. We have with us here in the studio Gabriel Valero. Is that correct, Gabriel? It's Gabriel Valerio. Valero, Hi. thank you so much for coming in. Hi, thanks for having us. And I believe that we also have on the phone line here, Ernie, is it Barbie? How do you pronounce your last name, Ernie? Hello? Ernie? Okay, we're having some technical problems here. So let's see if we can kind of get Ernie on the phone here. Um, anyway, we're going to bring up some information. I think Gabriel has a, a lot of information uh, on the um, on the stuff, the information that we're going to be sharing today. So um, if we can't get Ernie back, we're going to go ahead and let Gabriel kind of do this interview. Is that okay with you, Gabriel? <laughs> That's okay. Okay, great. Gabriel, you're with the Contractor State License Service. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Or CSLS for short. CSLS for short. Well, that makes sense. Um, could you share with us? I mean, you guys have been around for, uh, you know, a little bit of history about the Contractors License Service, please. Yes, definitely. Uh, uh, David Meisner is our CEO. He invented the Meisner Method um, uh, back, I believe, in 1983. And then uh, in 85, uh, since 85, we've been doing business here. Uh, we are the largest contracting school in California, and we've been helping contractors get their contractor's license uh, for the last for over 25 years. Wow, wow. Well, um, do we have um, Ernie on the phone now? Yes, we do. Hi, Ernie. Thank you so much. Sure. <laughs> well, Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much because uh, Gabriel, I know, knows a lot about what's going on, but we were quite ex excited um, to share your information also, Ernie. Sure, absolutely. And now, how do you pronounce your last name, Ernie? Barberry. Barberry. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, Gabriel was just going over a little bit of information about the, the uh, CSLS uh, history a little bit. And, um, you know, he's got some impressive numbers and, and everything that, that, you know, we want to uh, share a little bit of light about. And what makes the difference, uh, Gabriel, between companies that are out there doing the same thing? What's the major difference? Well, first of all, we, uh, we are the largest contracting school in California. We, uh, uh, we've helped a third of the contractors in the last 25 years mm -hmm. get their contractor's license. So it's, wow, uh, wow. Uh, that's over 130,000 mm -hmm. uh, people. That's a pretty big number of, uh, of people that have uh, stepped up to the plate to help California it with construction, and then, huh? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of an organization that's helped so many families, so many people. Do we have Rob on the line here? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. And this <laughs> Hello. Is, this is Rob Serenivus, correct? That is correct. Okay, okay. Well, I got my three guys here that are going to share all the good stuff out there with the Contractor State License Service so that... Uh, you know, kind of inform people on what's going on. 
So, uh, Gabriel was just going over a few things with us, kind of sh sharing with us some of the stuff about, you know, with the companies. And what, 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 what does make the difference between, you know, say, your company and other companies that do the same thing? Well, we're kind of a one-stop shop for contractors. Not only do we help them uh, uh, prepare for the state exam, we help them with other courses that are going to help them along the way. You know, a lot of these contractors are becoming contractors for the first time. Some of them uh, maybe haven't uh, read a blueprint before or not familiar with that. We help with blueprint reading courses. Uh, we help with the, a large array of courses to help them uh, not only pass the state exam, but become a better contractor. I've seen some of them, the blueprints in California. I used to draw them in Indiana, but it's totally different. Different world here, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, why do contractors need a contractor's license? Well, first of all, it's the law. You know, see, the Contractor State License Board oversees the license process for the state of California. They're actually under the Department of Consumer Affairs, so, uh, and they're, uh, they're the watchdog uh, for uh, this unlicensed uh, uh, work that's going on out there and so what we want to do is is help uh, the state of California protect the consumer as well and and also offer the uh, the legitimacy that some of these uh, uh, construction workers are now looking for people who haven't got their contractor's license just yet and then I understand there's a there's a difference between what a person can do a certain amount without a license yes that, that's that, that know, is correct yeah. um, and that that magic number is $500, and that's including materials. So it's kind of hard for uh, people, especially in this day and age, to survive off of a project that small. Sure. So we help people get involved in larger projects by getting them their license. Well, and, you know, there has to be some accountability out there for us all, doesn't yeah, there? <laughs> exactly. What, what are the requirements to getting, say, getting a contractor's license? Could you share that, please? Yeah, well, they want, what, what the state board wants to see, they want to see... Uh, the applicant have four years of journeyman level experience. And that doesn't mean that they have to have received it from a union hall and been part of a union, but somebody who's, who's worked at that, um, who's been able to work unsupervised in the last four years uh, within the last 10 years. Um, and that's somebody who can, who's a foreman, a supervisor, somebody who could just uh, work unsupervised, even if he's an unlicensed contractor. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. How long does it take for a, a person to get a contractor's license? Well, people uh, normally, um, it's a, the average length of time is about three months. People can, can get their, their license within that time period. Oh, that's pretty good. Tell us a little bit more about the programs that you guys offer. Well, we, ha we offer a, a large array of programs. We, um, we have programs, uh, you know, you can take the material study at home at your own pace. We have live instruction, live instruction in two formats, uh, live on, online classes, and that's called our Law and Business Online, where you can go online and take a live course with the live instructor uh, in a virtual classroom. Also, we have our in-school law and trade, where we people go into a classroom setting and, uh, and with a live instructor and, and take instruction that way. Um, we offer blueprint reading courses for people who didn't get a, a chance to uh, study that uh, because maybe they were working in a different field uh, um, estimating courses you know these two are are key to new contractors because every contractor should know how to read a blueprint and every contractor should uh, know how to 
uh, do an estimate. That's cute. What about uh, your instructors? I, I, you know, I'd like to know a little bit about where do you find these people at and do your, your classes? Well, the, uh, Ernie might be a better person to, yeah. to answer that question because we get them from all facets of... Yeah. Absolutely, we do. We, we actually have um, contractors um, that teach the courses. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we actually have construction attorneys that teach the courses because what we do is we concentrate on teaching the legal aspect. Mm -hmm. See, there's two parts of the exam. There's the law and business, mm -hmm. and then there's the trade portion. Now, given that our um, applicants have to have four years journeyman's level uh, within the past 10 years, they usually can get through the trade portion on their own. Um, though we, you know, we give them some practice on that because um, practice and paper sometimes are a little bit different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but mostly what we do is we concentrate on the legal aspect of things. And, you know, that's where our instructors come in. Um, they're people that have been out there on the field or, like I said, have a, a degree in, uh, in law um, or education and um, are definitely qualified to teach these courses. Well, you guys really have a lot of uh, locations. I mean, that's really impressive. It really is. Yeah, we actually have, uh, you know, we've been in business for about 25 years and a little bit over that, and we actually have about 25 locations. So we've been doing this for a little while, and we, um, we like to take what we've learned and, you know, be able to implement it and give back to the community that's given us so much. Um, you know, all the contractors that are out there, they're, they're great, skilled craftsmen. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them are not very business savvy, and so we not only help them pass their exams, but we also want to make sure that we secure their future. Right? Because, you know, when you're getting your contractor's license, you're actually starting your own business is what you're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we, we help them um, and help them to realize that and uh, make sure that we start them off on the right foot. We actually tell them that, you know, we want to help build the right foundation for them so that this is something that's going to last throughout their lifetimes. And, you know, they can pass it down to their children and their children's children and Something that, you know, they can be proud of and look back and go, wow, I did that, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell us, besides the license exam course, what other kind of programs do you guys offer? Well, um, like Gabe mentioned, we, we have the uh, estimating blueprint reading. We also have some of the code enforcement classes. Um, we tell our students, you know, when, uh, when you're doing and pull a permit and you actually start building, um, the city sends out inspectors to um, make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and that everything's up to code. Mm -hmm. So we tell them they should know exactly what the inspector is going to be looking for. Mm -hmm. So we offer courses in both uh, commercial and residential inspection. And also, like, you know, we have to plan for the future. So not all of us are going to be able to swing our, uh, a hammer all the way down the road. So by taking these classes, they can actually take and pass the ICC exam, which is basically the code enforcement agency, mm -hmm. and then they themselves can apply to be inspectors down the road. Wow, that's, that's cool. And then you guys offer some other business services too, is that correct? We do. We help them uh, get their DBA set up. We help them get corporations mm -hmm. set up. Uh, we basically, like I said, try to be a one-stop shop for contractors and you know, kind of make sure that we secure everything for them. Um, it's, it's funny, earlier I had a student that came in here and was asking me, um, he's sitting here studying for his exam, and, and he goes, you know, well, what else do I need to do? And I said, well, have you, you know, have you set up your, your, um, your business yet? And he goes, well, what do you mean? And it's like, well, this is the business that you're going to be setting up. Mm -hmm. So we talked about um, him doing a, a DBA or corporation before he submits his application. So that way when it goes to the board, um, it'll already be a business. Um, that'll help him. Once he starts, uh, you know, once he passes the exam, because then he can open up his business account, um, keep his, you know, personal assets separate from his business assets, uh, build corporate credit, 
Wow. A lot of different things that he can do. Um, he, and he, he actually was amazed. He goes, wow, you guys really have this all figured out now. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's different processes they have to go through. They have to get fingerprinted, and we offer that service. Um, we, we offer construction math seminars because some of them are a little bit rusty on their math skills. Um, some of them haven't taken the test in, in a long time, so we offer a test-taking um, strategy seminar. Um, there, there's all kinds of different things that we offer for That's them. Amazing. Gabriel, I have to ask you something sure. very interesting here. I see that you guys, uh, you offer these classes in Spanish. Yes, we do. I'm a little bit kind of, uh, you know, we, we were talking about that earlier. Is it is it a requirement or, you know, what's that's, what's the deal with that? No, you know? it's not. A, lo- a large part of our workforce uh, is Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. A lot of them uh, want to get, they, they aspire to get their contractor's license as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is sometimes uh, this language barrier. Um, also, a part of learning, um, part of passing the state exam is you have to understand legal jargon, a lot of these legal terminologies. And, and not a lot of these um, Spanish speakers have, have gotten a chance to take a law class mm-hmm. <laughs> um, during their construction career. So some of them uh, need help in their native language. And what we do is, is teach a, a Spanish class. If, let's go with the mechanics lean course. If we're teaching the mechanics lean course that, that, uh, that week, we will teach it in Spanish first and get them familiar with all the terminology in Spanish and uh, all this legal terminology, and then teach it in English. And so they become very familiar with, them, with it, and uh, it's all part of the David Meisner uh, method there. That's amazing. No, that, that's, that's amazing that you guys do it in both Spanish and English. You know, I have to ask you guys, because in Indiana I used to build houses, and I took a lot of classes through the National Home Builders Association, and one particular class I was in, there was 50-some on men and me. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would like to know is, uh, do you, is, is this still women, or, you, you know, what's going on with that? Women and contractors' licenses are more of it than there was back in my day? some 40 years ago I guess I shouldn't say but it was <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised I uh, I see a, a lot of women I, I get a chance to be at our we have 25 locations in California roughly and uh, one of the campuses is in Orange and in that campus I see a lot of women coming in mm-hmm. and, and taking uh, uh, taking the course a lot of uh, women contractors so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just one woman in in a room of 50 men it's 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 changed a little bit along the way <laughs> two or three now yes. no, that, that, ernie ernie probably has a better statistic <laughs> yeah ernie, you know it, it's funny it, it is a predominantly male mm-hmm. um, oriented industry however um, it's a little known fact that that women owned businesses in construction actually secure more jobs mm-hmm. in the public sector due mm-hmm. to the double minority status mm-hmm. and the requirements that the uh, cities and the municipalities have and that they have to give at least 10 percent of all the bids for public works to them mm-hmm. so you know um, some of the mo- ones that are more savvy um, actually uh, will, will come into a to their end some of the folks that we help are kind of a mom and pop type um, organizations where um, the wives actually are, are there and go hand in hand with them and help supervise the jobs and some of them are project managers and we actually have some that have come in and you know they're heavy machine oper heavy heavy equipment operators and you know yeah. places where you would think that it is more male dominated but there are several women that are out there 
and you know it's not just about uh, uh, the males anymore. So they're coming in and they're getting their contractor licenses. And one of the things that we do is you know we, we actually help celebrate everyone's success. We want to make sure that they succeed. So when they succeed, we take pictures of them and we put their passing letters on our walls. And you know, so some people that come in. And they look and they go, wow, mm-hmm. these ladies got their, their contractor mm-hmm. licenses. And so we kind of use that and, um, as a little jab to them and go, yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason why you can't get it, right? And, you know, of course, the male macho guys were like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, of course, if they got it, I can do this. So it helps inspire them. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was the term that the, the professor from Brigham Young University used to me. There's nothing more egotistical than the male contractor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, that was, that was, no, it really is. It's common sense, isn't it? Absolutely. Construction is nothing but common sense. So, um, but you know, I, 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 you guys do a thousand corporations a year. Is that is that the statistics? We actually do quite a bit of corporations. Yeah, it's I think mm-hmm. somewhere in the in that neighborhood. Um, you know, we we help people like I said get set up in business correctly, and mm-hmm. you know that a, a lot of them don't know the difference between you know how to open up a business, whether it's sole proprietorship, a partnership, or a corporation. Mm-hmm. And so we explain that to them, and we let them know that you know the 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 downfall to uh, a lot of businesses is in their first year, and if they don't have a corporation, and especially in this economy, when they do that, their uh, personal credit history gets affected if they are if they are not successful. Whereas with a corporation, it helps kind of be an umbrella and helps shield them. And um, and the ones that are successful and go through, they can build corporate credit and have it completely separate from their personal credit. So. You know, as like I said, as we get older, we can also pass the corporation on to our children, or, or to you know, if we want to get out of the business and sell it off to a to a partner or whatever, we can continue to do that because a corporation uh, doesn't have a life uh, um, um, lifespan. It's especially it's perpetual, so it keeps on going until somebody decides to close it. My father did that with with uh, his corporation. My my uh, brothers have it, and I mean, it's gosh. I don't know. He had it when I was a kid, so yeah, and that yeah. was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. That that helps, you mm-hmm, know, and especially mm-hmm. if, if uh, it's something that you want to pass on. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it came a time where we saw that people that were in construction, they were a, a little bit ashamed also, almost to be in construction, and they wanted their kids to go and, you know, be doctors mm-hmm. and lawyers, and that's great. Mm-hmm. However, um, a lot of them... Um, wanted to follow in their own in their footsteps and their parents' footsteps and wanted to go into the construction field, and then they had to kind of start over as their parents, um, you know, retired. Mm-hmm. And you know, a, a license number that gets issued now is going to be, you know, representing a whole lot more experience ten years down the road. So, like you mentioned with your father doing that, that same license number because the license number doesn't didn't belong to your father; it belonged to the corporation. So I'm sure it's still the same license number. Sure. So when somebody sees that, it actually goes, oh, okay, this guy's been in business for quite a while and probably knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, boy, time. this is a very interesting conversation. I want to thank all of you guys uh, also for, for, you know, calling in, especially, you know, you guys that you and, uh, is it, um, you and Rob first. Rob, um, what is it that you do with, with the um, CSLS? Oh, hi, good evening, Ann. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the I show. I see you're on the and solar, and I, I don't want to, that's something that's very interesting, so I'd like to make sure we get a little bit of this in, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, my, my official title with the uh, Contractor State License Services mm-hmm. is as a re- Regional Green Technology Training Manager. Mm. So I came aboard uh, in the beginning of uh, August and mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, have started a green technology training department for this organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, foremost, uh, we're trying to bring in, you know, keep in lieu with the 
trends that are coming down in the construction industry, you know, with the sustainable construction and green technology and renewable industry, we wanted to come, you know, we wanted to make sure that our contractors graduating out of our class have access to new information, new technology training, and that sort of thing. So that's how uh, that that's that's uh, my official title, and that's what I do for the company. You know, the green, the 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 solar field. I think it's it's just really starting to open up, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, you know, uh, what's interesting about uh, the solar industry is, you know, even though <laughs> it was originally invented back in 1839 when it was first originally founded, it took almost a century to get caught up, and now. You know, you're you're looking at you know with with all the uh, incentives that the federal government and the local utility companies are you know uh, putting out there for clients to take advantage of. Solar has that really it, it's finally becoming a reality. So yeah, we're really excited about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I was sharing with Gabriel earlier that we had an employee 40 years ago that. Uh, I mean, we got so tired of listening to him talk about the solar industry. <laughs> we thought he was a little spacey. I, <laughs> I, I understand. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm quite embarrassed to say that, but we we was like, he doesn't know. You know, this is never going to happen. Never going to happen. And, oh, we see. You know, there's, there's, it's it's there's some interesting statistics out there, and uh, in this renewable portfolio standard that we have. And I would like maybe if Rob could speak a little bit about what sure. California is trying to do here. Oh, please, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the whole idea with sustainable communities here, as you know, Anne, is, is to, you know, reduce the impact or lower the impact of the environment that each community has. And part of that goal, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, as our ex-governor, had set up a standard for, you know, the RPS goal, which is a renewable portfolio standard goal for reducing the carbon, I mean, basically the idea was to get, you know, to procure the energy from renewable sources of at least 20% by 2010, and that's now been extended to about 33% by 2020. In other words, instead of buying energy for the utility companies buying energy from these dirty coal, they want to make sure that they, they purchase it from renewable sources. That includes solar, wind, geothermal, hydro, and so on and so forth. So that's a standard that's been set by, adapted by California. And, of course, uh, we have a national standard as well. But California happens to be in the forefront of this green industry and the green revolution. So we've actually gone up to 33%. And, and the whole strive, you know, through the utility, you know, the CEC and the CPUC, they're really pushing that standard through all the utility companies, the main uh, investor-owned utility companies across California. Uh, that would be mainly PG&E, PG&E, uh, Southern California Edison, as well as the uh, San Diego Gas and Electric. So we're, you know, we're we're in that tradition. We're helping the communities to go more green, more environmentally friendly, to reduce their carbon footprint in each one of these communities. And part of that is, you know, we're not only just creating the awareness between, you know, amongst the general, you know, public out there, but we wanted to make sure that our contractors graduating had that information and participate in an industry which is absolutely in an upward trend. Hmm. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's our goal. 
No, that it totally makes sense. That's uh, that, I mean, I I love it when I go out to Palm Springs and I see all the little things going round and round. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of windmills out that way. <laughs> yeah, there are. Um, guys, the construction industry's really been hit hard in this economy. How 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 has it affected your business? Well, if I can speak to that, uh, yeah, you know, we, we've actually um, seen that. Yes, it's definitely been hard, hit hard, and um, it's. A lot of their contract, a lot of our contractors have have uh, been suffering through this, you know. Um, and unfortunately, what's happened is that a lot of them kind of have lost heart in this. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that they uh, realize that now is the time to get their license for those that aren't licensed. Because, as Gabriel um, said earlier, it's law. You can't charge more than five hundred dollars, including labor and material, per job um, in California, you know, without breaking the law. Now, a lot of them think that, well, perhaps if I break up this job and, you know, into smaller portions, I'll, I'll be able to get by and get away. And it's like, unfortunately not. The uh, Contract States License Board, which is the governing body, um, has actually set up sting operations for contractors. And uh, a lot of them are getting fined or getting jail time and, and things that, you know, we don't want to see that. So we've actually um, tried to reach out to them and educate them a little bit more and let them know, hey, you know what, this is the time to do it. We are in contact with a lot of different um, agencies that have scholarships available. In fact, we ourselves have a scholarship available. So if money is a problem, you know, we can definitely try and work with them to see if they can get, you know, get their license. Um, We've actually done a lot of marketing and uh, have tried to position ourselves to – to be at the forefront, if you will, uh, for through this economy and to be even better positioned once the economy turns to be able to serve this community. Um, we actually, um, you know, once they get their license, what we tell them is, you know, the sky's the limit because California, unlike Indiana, you, you don't have to have a separate commercial license or industrial license. In California, you actually can, once you get your contractual license, you can bid on public works, you can bid on, you know, everything that's out there. So the sky is really the limit. You know, you can go from five hundred dollars per job to you know whatever you want to charge per job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you also have to stay competitive. Make sure you win the bid, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't want to gouge people. But you know, and that's kind of what we we teach them. We teach them how to be business savvy in that, and so what the law what the law states and how to stay compliant with that. And because we have been in business for so long and have so many locations, we're able to reach out to a lot of the communities. Um, I myself, for example, am in Riverside, and Riverside's been one of the hardest-hit communities, San Bernardino and Riverside, um, with this economy. And so we're doing a lot of outreach to try and get people to come in and take some of our courses and get get educated and get back on track. Um, Rob mentioned about the uh, solar industry, and one of the things that, that um, I really like about that is that there's a lot of jobs that are being created and, uh, Rob, if you can speak to a little bit about, you know, the jobs that are out there and, and uh, you know, the research that's been done on them. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, one of the bright spots, I mean, this is one of the other things that CSLS is dedicated to is to, in, 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 in the lieu of the same question you asked, Anna, is in how do you keep in front of the economy when the economy and especially the construction industry has been hit hard? And one of the part of that is to go with you know the the solar which is which has been absolutely you know uh, one of the sh- bright spots in the economy today you know if you look at it traditionally for the last three years even with the economy being what it economy being what it is you know you've seen an upward of seven percent or to eight percent growth 
which is a great, great stats. As a matter of fact, um, as part of some of the research I was doing, I found out that Department of Labor actually uh, puts out their stats on the ONET online in which they have projected, and their projections are always conservative, so their projection is there's over 200,000 jobs that are going to be opened up in the solar industry itself. Now, that ranges from people who uh, they, they're looking for solar sales uh, people, they're looking for installers, they're looking for actual engineers and designers, um, uh, people who can go out and do estimates, and so on and so forth. So there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, there's a quite a bit of uh, uh, jobs that are available. And out of that 200,000 jobs that are projected for the entire country, what's nice about it is a fourth of the jobs will be available here, almost close to a 62,000 or 70,000 jobs will be available right here in California. Uh, and, and because of the, how the state is very aggressive, the cost of energy is going up and everything else and the awareness. I mean, what I call today, we actually have a perfect storm. Uh, and, and, and what that is is we have a very high level of awareness amongst the, um, you know, amongst the uh, clients. Uh, you have federal and state uh, rebates and incentives still alive, and you have got a lot of new creative incentives that are coming along. And to top, it, top all that, you know, the cost of the solar uh, hardware has gone down dramatically, almost 30% in the last three, four years. So when you put that together, you know, the, the, the appetite for solar is very good. And also, you know, the Solar Energy Industry Association put out the stats just um, about 15 days ago that there has a new, they did a survey and found out, uh, you know, nine out of ten people across the, across the political lines are in favor of solar. Well, and, and, they, and they, they should be. Rob and um, Ernie and Gabriel, we're going to have to call... I, I'd like to, uh, it looks like you're, the best way to reach out to you guys is www.makemeacontractor.com. Is that correct? Yes, yes, it is. And the phone number here that I have is 866-481-4201. And I want to thank you guys for calling in. And um, if anybody has any need, they have your phone number. And uh, I really appreciate you guys sharing this information, okay? I really appreciate you okay. talking to us. Okay. Thanks for having thank us. you, Ann. Thank you thank so you. much. Okay. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI Arts Border Regions. To learn more about this program, log on to KUCI.org. I see trees of green.